Welcome back to the Sports Corner, Money Moguls, Episode 5. Just Reno and I today. Just a little duo over here. Just a little, just a little coffee talk. You know, we uh, a little bit different because there's only two NFL games left. Uh, college is over, so football is winding down quickly. So we got some other things on the radar, on the docket today for everyone. Uh, we're going to talk Aaron Hernandez. Excited about that one. With the recent documentary, short film series, whatever you want to call it, on Netflix. Uh, Reno and I both watched it, and uh, we have a lot to say about that. We're going to do our usual recap. We're going to do the picks for this week, the two games. That'll be quick. We're going to talk XFL football for a little bit. Let's get it going, baby. You know, the, new, the new wave. The NFL ends. In comes the XFL. We'll, we'll see. Talk some of that, but all right. We're going to go... Brief recap time. Last week, uh, playoff week, we did not do our typical stay away, lock, upset. Unless you were scrap. Yeah, scrap didn't get the memo. Didn't matter. Shit the bet again anyway. Uh, I did poorly in the four games. I I went one for uh, one for four. So nice twenty five percent win percentage. That's good. I did a nice uh, three for four myself. Um, I took. The Titans plus nine and a half, which is great. Did you you had no faith they'd win the game though, right? You, you expect I, it to be closer, but I was riding the train. I wanted them to win, but I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say that I thought they were going to win. It was kind of like I want them to win because the Ravens. I, I like them. They're a likable team. Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, all the studs on defense. The older guys, the younger guys, they get a lot to like over there, but. They're just so successful, and it's like coming towards the end of the Patriots' reign. So, I mean, I said well, well far back how I was a little jealous that Jimmy G's balling out, and he still is. That's kind of the same premise there. They're balling out, Patriots aren't balling out, and I'm just jealous of the young guys coming in and stealing the Patriots' thunder. Yeah, you know, uh, the big shocker for me wasn't really that game. That game was, but when I looked back, took a step back, and kind of took a broader look at it. Lamar Jackson didn't play for three weeks because he sat out week 17 and then two weeks off. That's scary, especially for a running quarterback. I mean, came out looked extremely rusty. But hats off to Vrabel and the Titans. I mean, and Derrick Henry, I should say. Tannehill, again, throwing for under 100 yards. Like, and they're winning. And- so, so this is what I think about that game. Um, you know, Tannehill... I don't think they plan to do this, but he's been consistently averaging about 20 throws a game, maybe yeah. less, like 15 to 20 in that ballpark. That's exactly what the Ravens were doing when they were winning all these football games. Now, granted, Lamar Jackson's running for 10, 12, maybe even 15, so 15 times. Yeah. yeah, so with that being said, you know, that could be your rebuttal, but I think that literally the Titans stole. The Ravens Thunder, and they do exactly what they do: uh, run it down your mouth, um, throw when you least expect it, and yeah, play they, action pass. Exactly, and that we used to see it. We never really had a good, good running back in New England, but we used to see it with Tom Brady when he could uh, complete throws, and then the running game could somewhat get alive. The play action is just so deadly. It, it doesn't matter who your quarterback is if you have a running game. Uh, if you're making throws before that, and then you run the play action, uh, it's it's all over for. Uh, Whoever you're playing. Yeah, you need, I mean, for the Pats, you need weapons outside that can get open to make play action useful. But you got, like, last year in the playoffs, Sonny Michelle was doing great, doing great things for them and kept 
So, I mean, just converting on whatever you needed him to do, basically. Set the rookie record for touchdowns in the playoffs as a running back and just did incredible things. And then that was completely missing this year, so that hurt the Pats more than anything else, really, outside of some key injuries. Key injuries, Gronk included. Not yeah, an Gronk, injury, Gronk but a retire. Out, but, uh, might as well be an injury. Yeah, injury retired. That's yeah. why he retired, in my eyes. But the thing with the Titans, I think with the coaching staff and, and Derrick Henry there playing the way he is, I think they've proven all you like. They don't need to pay Tannehill. All you need to do is game manage there, yeah, and you'll win games. I I talked about it with Matt last time. Uh, I said you don't need to pay Tannehill the twenty plus million, even if you're going to franchise tag him. Look for a rookie quarterback in the draft. Or look at like an AJ McCarron type yeah. guy who all he's ever done is game manage. Bring in that guy who won't lose you a game, where Mariota for, for whatever reason was losing you games, could get nothing going. I think that's the key to their success. Pay Henry, move some money from that potential Tannehill contract over the defense or offensive line, maybe another weapon on offense like receiver or tight end, and they have a really good shot to go deep again next year. I think they go. They should go straight into the draft grabbing another receiver. Um, they got the running back locked. Um, I don't, you know, they could go quarterback route or, you know, offense, de- defense line. That always makes sense to go offense or defensive line. It's just like a guarantee. Like a plug-and-play. Plug-and-play like. guy or whatever. But I, I think, like, they should avoid grabbing a quarterback in the first round and grab one of those stud receivers. And um, A.J. Brown came alive. Corey Davis looks good. If Corey um, Davis turns in your number three after being drafted in the top five a couple years ago, that's you dangerous. have a really good receiving core. Mm-hmm. That, that could be special. So uh, that's what I think they should do in the first round. I mean, it's so hard to predict the first round because these people picking these picks, the offensive coordinators, the coaches, the owners, they see way further. Um, we'll get into it later with Aaron Hernandez, but that you know when he got drafted, uh, the reason why he slipped so far is you know his his conduct and how he carried himself, what he did yeah. in college. Um, so that's why they see further than we do. They take these like tests to see what they are, where they are mentally. Um, all that, but all in all, I think uh, Titans should grab a receiver, and uh, I think it'll benefit them. Like we said, only throwing 15, 20 passes a game, so what? Uh, they're effective while they do it. Right, it doesn't matter how you win as long as you win. Yeah. But especially for a team like Tennessee that hasn't seen a lot of success recently. No, they haven't. And they had high hopes after getting Vince Young and just kind of crashed quickly. Oh, yeah. The, the last fun thing they had on their team was probably Chris Johnson. That was a good time. Yeah, I mean, he was unbelievable to watch. but For, the, for the two years, he was good. But they didn't really win anything. No. I don't even know if they went to the playoffs with him. I think they did once or twice. But uh, if I remember correctly in the Aaron Hernandez thing, they, uh, they brought in Urban Meyer for a bit, and they talked to him about how he would talk to – or Belichick said he talked to Urban Meyer like every third or fourth day yeah, about I Hernandez, like keeping tabs on him and stuff. Like That's crazy considering how much Belichick – is involved with the team outside of that already. Like, that guy, yeah, he gets paid a lot of money, but it, rightfully so, that guy's never off the clock. Yeah. Like, people, like, I look at the ridiculous contracts and stuff in sports, and, I mean, it's awesome, but it's, like, remarkable how much these guys are working. Like, yeah, there's an off-season for players, but it's not, it, there's never really an off-season. They're just hanging out with their buddies down on the beach. Right, they get, they going, get to the club, going to the club, hanging out with their wives, whatever they're doing, spending time. Right, but I mean, a guy like Belichick's maybe taking a week off. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, like, uh, and we'll talk about that. I'll mention it later because I want to talk a little more in depth. Uh, I was listening to the part of my take podcast with Joe Burrow and um, Coach O, 
and Joe Bur- they asked Joe Burrow what he's going to do, and he's like, I'm going to party for another week, probably go back to my hometown, probably party for another week. And then he's like, I'm going straight to Cali after that. And it's all work from there. Yeah. And straight up honest guy, you know. That's what you got to do. He, I mean, he knows he's going to go number one. So whatever he says, and I want to say whatever he does, unless he gets, like, seriously arrested with, like, a domestic or case. Like Odell. Exactly. <laughs> um, he'll go number one. But, like, to, go, to have the balls, like, to go on our podcast and say that, you know, you're going to take two weeks of partying and then straight to the NFL, um, it's just very interesting. Uh, I think teams can appreciate the honesty. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, like they all know these guys are partying, like they're superstars. Exactly. Be open about it. Right. And the guys like, hey, I, this is what I'm gonna be doing. I'm going back to my hometown. Two weeks. That's all business. I'd be like, I'm thrilled about that. Like, no, because there's no bullshit there. Like, yeah. He is straight. Like he is just straight business with a little bit of fun. That's what you want. And I think that's what they're looking for. So I think the Bengals will be actually in decent shape next year. I do too. Um, I think he can walk right in there and be a starter. I agree. Day one. I agree. I don't know if they should. That's where someone who's a coaching staff and I'm not on the coaching staff makes that call. Their um, O-line, though, I, I guess second half of the year was a top 10 unit. Yeah. After being, like you saw Mixon kind of take off towards the fantasy playoffs. He did, yeah. Because they finally got a healthy offensive linebacker. Like, Cordy Glenn came back, who was a tackle for the Broncos for a bit, I think. Yeah, just don't get Joe Burrow hurt in his first year. Yeah, That's you your biggest that. problem. Right, as long as they can protect him, I don't think there's a reason not to start him. Maybe and, maybe do like a Daniel Jones. Let Eli like how Eli started. You know, it was like three, maybe five games, and then Daniel Jones came in and did his thing. Yeah, but Dalton's gonna be gone though. Y- yeah, I agree. Because Dalton will not go back there to be a backup. He's too good to be a backup. Agreed. But he'll, he's not a like a great starter by any means. Like, he'll probably be a Tannehill where he'll leave the toxic situation he's in. And he'll probably be a decent quarterback. Yeah, I'm not gonna say. He's, I, I would not be surprised if Andy Dalton went to a team with a decent roster in place and had a very successful season. That's what I'm saying. I'm not gonna say he's gonna go to the AFC Championship or the NFC Championship, but no. I think that he has the capability to potentially lead someone to a wild card playoff. I mean, he almost he was in contention for MVP for like a, a decent amount in I think 2015 or so. Like he had a really good year. Like Andy Dalton can play. Yeah, he's a good quarterback. We'll just have to see. I don't know. And uh, they're going to get Jonah Williams back, who was a top 10 pick at guard uh, in last year's draft. So I I expect the Bengals to have a fairly quick turnaround in terms of their, uh, I guess, rebuild, if you will. The only reason I'd say keep Andy Dalton is maybe you can tank for one more year, have Burrow play behind Dalton, get a little bit more experience, and you get just that one extra draft pick. I'm not saying throw an entire year just to get a top five draft pick, but... Maybe, you know, you land in the top 10, 15, and you still get the front end of the first round, and whatever the need comes about uh, before you put Burrow into that situation, whether if it's, you know, Mixon kind of falls off, you need a new running back, the offensive line isn't what you thought it was going to be, or even uh, maybe, secondary your, help or yeah, maybe your defense, uh, your offense is balling out, and your defense is just shitting the bed, and that's why you're losing games, and you grab, you know, a stud line, or a stud linebacker, or a cornerback, something like that. Yeah, I mean... Like, I, I don't think Andy Dalton has any interest in doing that. Even if it's a one year, they pay him $20 million, let's say. I don't think he's... I think he wants a two- or three-year deal. He'll go to a team that needs... I mean, Jacksonville, honestly. Yeah. Like, Nick Foles was bad there. Now... Min, Minshew is... You kind of know what you're going to get with him. Yeah. You know, he's kind of hit his ceiling in and year And Dalton one with those weapons, ass. I think, uh, can actually provide some offensive spark for them. Now, this has stirred a lot of people up. I'll ask you. Do you think Joe Burrow... I mean, he's obviously not going to have the same production in, in Cincinnati, especially... You can't. No, you can't. You can't. But do you think he has 
respectable numbers after what he just put up because listen the guy is an absolute stud his confidence is through the roof the way he talks to reporters some hate it but you gotta love it because he's as confident as hell and he only believes in himself which is what you gotta do if you're in the nfl yeah if you make it to professional sports you're at least somewhat cocky yeah you have to be but we gotta be honest here when you're throwing who's that jefferson and chase and then you know the three four guys who i can't think of off the top moss (laughs) thaddeus moss who's solid big body um the dip off is down to tyler boy to damage jj green and um i think aj green's a free agent john ross yeah yeah so i don't think he comes close to that production but it's not his fault no i wouldn't i don't i don't think it's i don't think it'd be a joe burrow problem i think it'll be a lack of talent on the outside problem agreed uh, I think that's what it comes down to. And, I mean, we'll have to see. I, who knows if he even plays this year or if he even ends up in Cincinnati. He should. They'd be stupid not to take him. I think that he's the most interesting uh, draft pick going into the draft. I would say Chase Young, he had such a good year. He almost would have been Heisman if he played in all of his games, which you never even see no. a dude on defense even come close to Heisman. But the amount of forced fumbles, sacks, all that, um, kid was a stud um, over at Ohio State. I think Chase Young is probably the least – interesting player because yeah no matter where he goes he's gonna be good yeah like he's gonna be great whatever system he gets put into like that guy's that good so for me like that's a lock of a pick yeah he reminds me of a like black nick bosa yeah i mean any sort of pass rusher at the big like top five pass rusher is almost always a hit yep i say almost because there have been some that have been yeah labeled busts but whatever I, I expect big things from Burrow in the future, but maybe not this first year. Yeah. You want to move over to the 49ers-Vikings game? We kind of somehow have yeah. Joe Burrow talk after well, talking we, about the Titans. I don't know how that happened. Well, do we want to uh, recap Colin's picks real quick or not? Yeah, let's recap Colin. Uh, do we do, we didn't do scraps yet, did we? We just said I just said you shit the bed. Yeah. Right, I'll do scraps real quick. Scraps said uh, Baltimore, the game's over in the second half in favor of Baltimore. That was way wrong. Uh, he said Minnesota would at least cover the spread against the 49ers that was also wrong that looked good for a quarter and then, and then he said stay away i think that's the story of scraps life looked good for a quarter uh stay away was seattle green bay and uh he hit on that one so one for three for scrap and then um let me pull up collins picks real quick i know he had had uh, so i went one for four but had we done lock upset stay away I would have went two for three. Because you would have got the I would, stay away. I, and I would have got the lock of Minnesota not covering that plus seven. Yep. So, numbers are a bit skewed. And the Seahawks, I said, would win the game, so that was wrong anyway. But they were plus four. Or plus three and a half, and they lost by four. Mm. Like, it was it was very close. But the yep. uh, Ravens and, I mean, fuck the, the Texans. Yeah. Up 24 what nothing. What the fuck, dude. I am I put I put a Texans bet in. I'm not gonna oh, yeah, sit I mean, here and lie to you. I had plus ten. I was so fucking mad. Yeah, dude. they were plus thirty four at one point because of the score in the first quarter, and it not it ended up what fifty two to fifty one thirty one. Yeah, that's all. Which is crazy because like I see Mahomes coming back, and I'm like, all right, well at least you know at least Texans we'll keep it within we'll, ten. We'll like, keep it within ten. I, I I also had the under on that game. That was really bad. That that was stupid. Yeah, that That's was stupid. that was a poor decision. Um, just debacle. Um, well, let me give Collins pick. Um, he had San Fran negative seven. He had Titans plus nine and a half. He said that was gonna be a lot closer game than he thought. So shout out Colin on that yeah. one. He took Kansas City. He thought they were gonna steamroll, and then he took Seattle. Uh, 
I don't know if we had it at four or four and a half. Either way, it didn't cover. But I'll give it a call. First time on the show. That's a pretty terrific outing. Missed by a half point or a full point. Um, you know, you're not going to buy a full point on, on a book or whatever on that that one specific team. But, you know, to miss by just one point, pretty impressive week. Um, myself, I had San Fran negative seven. I had uh, Titans plus nine and a half. Um, I missed, as we just said, on the Texans plus 10, which irks me because I would have had a clean sweep if they could just, you know, play fucking defense. I don't know. If they could just not have one of the worst collapses of playoff history. And I'm not going to lie. I took the Packers negative four and a half, and they won by five, so they covered by a half point for me. Um, I had no fucking idea on that one. I have this guy on Twitter that I kind of trust, and he threw out early. He was like, I- I'm taking Packers negative four. Um, before the line switches on me, he's like, "I love it." Um, so I kind of like neither ha- of those. So those teams between Rodgers and Wilson, I hate these kind of stats, but I think this one's actually kind of worth mentioning. Was that in Rodgers versus Wilson matchups dating back? I think Wilson entered the league in what 2011, 2012, maybe. Yeah, I think 11 with with Luck and those guys. So I think 2012. Yeah, 12, 12. So they've never won a road game against each other. That's so the home, stupid. The home team has won every single time. I feel so like- for but for me I was like okay the Seahawks have been road warriors this year I like their team better I th- I felt good about it and it was really close I mean those those are kind of the toss ups we I think all would have picked out as the stay away game because we didn't know which way it was gonna go yeah well I'm I'm happy that we all took San Fran as the lock um, like I said <laughs> except scrap yeah well we said I said that last time I was like well either one person's gonna be right or more than the majority is gonna be right and it was more than the majority which you know when that many people are on a line. It's not like we're piggybacking off each other. It's like, you know, it's probably going to happen. We all like it. Or we're, we're fucking idiots. But luckily, we weren't fucking idiots this time. Um, right. Just a, it was an interesting week. I mean, it's going to be hard for this next week coming up to live up to expectations of last week with the, you know, like we said, 24 to nothing lead. Um, San Fran, pretty boring game. <clears throat> we, did, we did mention, too, though, with Green Bay, Seattle, check the weather. Yep. Before the game, because that ended up being closer to an ice ball. It was yeah, it was, it was supposed to snow eight to twelve, and, it didn't and we're, even we're snow. talking about the run game difference and how they got Marshawn Lynch off the couch versus Aaron Jones and uh, Jamal Williams. So, yep. I mean, it, the writing was on the wall there for Green Bay, I think, and Seattle still made a really good game out of it. So, had Seattle had Carson and Penny, or even just one of them, I think it's a totally different line, totally different game. Yeah, I think that's more of like a two and a half, so Vegas can screw you right around that field goal line. Right. Interesting stuff. It is. I mean, it, it it's crazy how close most of the games are and how yeah. like how like good Vegas is at what they do. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty mind-blowing most of the time, actually. If you really think about it, it's like, okay, all of these games, and like they're within half a point or a point, like that's nuts. I know yeah. that's their job, and that's what they get paid a lot of money to do. But still, well, I don't, I don't know who's in control of those live lines when you're going to hit a live bet when the game's going on or whatever. Yeah, um, I can't remember the exact score, but it was classic gym talk. I was talking to some guy in the locker room, and he was telling me that um, it was like after the first Mahomes touchdown, they still had Kansas City to win the game, which is bizarre. Um, Texans were up. 24, you know, minus 7, you get 17. They're up 17, and Kansas City's still favorite to win the game. Now, he, he was saying to me, and I completely agreed, like, you're out of your mind if you're sitting there thinking, all right, well, 
Kansas City is going to win the game and cover. Like, all right, yeah, they might win the game, but are they going to really cover? And they do. So, like I said, it's going to be really hard for these two games uh, coming up, the AFC and the NFC Championship, to live up to expectations of last week. Yeah, but we're going to move on. We're going to talk NFL this week. Two games. Uh, We got pretty even, or I shouldn't say even, pretty similar lines. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is kind of bizarre this time of year to have the lines be this big. Yeah, two seven-point favorites. In the conference championship games, you got San Francisco seven-and-a-half favorites over Green Bay at home. And then you have Kansas City seven-point favorites over Tennessee. Uh, We'll start with the first one on, uh, well, actually, this has it backwards, but we'll go Kansas City, Tennessee, 305 Sunday. I got Kansas City minus seven. After what they just did to the Texans, Tennessee has a different approach to the game, different sort of game plan, different personnel than Houston. Like by they're completely different teams. I uh, but I don't think the Chiefs' offense can be stopped right now. See, the thing that throws me off is didn't Tennessee already win? They did. Kansas, Kansas, yeah, yeah, but 30, you know, 35, okay. 32. You know how they won on a blocked field goal. And what happened before that? Nah, refresh me. Uh, the holder, yeah, Cole quit. Okay, on a field goal for the Chiefs to go up, whatever, ten. Yeah, uh, bad snap. He gets it, chucks out of bounds, intentional grounding, fifteen yard penalty. Why would you do that? Because they choked. Yeah, That's, I had that bet with Joel in the regular season about. I, I go back to this all the time because I'll never get over it. It was thirty bucks. It's not a big deal, but he. I watch Titans games closely, and they got like the luckiest shit I've ever seen happen to them repeatedly. Yeah. Now, now they are a really good team. Yeah. Middle of the season when they were barely winning games, they were the luckiest team I've ever watched. I saw something like Mahomes threw for like four sixty in that game. It was a career high. Yeah, I was. Um, out, there I was on like Michigan for it. Five hundred thirty yards allowed by the Titans in general. Um, season high, just like bizarre numbers. Yeah. Um. With that being said, lay me the set plus seven for Tennessee. Yeah, I'm riding. The, I'm, I'm riding the train. Okay. Um, they prove Do you me- think they have a chance, a legitimate chance to win this game? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. I um, think they've gotten this far. I think they have a legit shot to win too. But I think Kansas City, they're they're just different right now. Tennessee reminds me of LSU in a way. Obviously, LSU was undefeated. Um, Tennessee is <laughs> clearly breaking records. Yeah, Tannehill can't pass two hundred over. Clearly two not. So they have some polar opposites. Now, my point is, Tennessee has now beaten the Patriots and the Ravens just in the postseason. He's beat Kansas City in the regular season. That's the top three teams in the AFC right there. Yeah, outside of Pittsburgh. I think if you're going through the playoffs and you beat Baltimore and New England, you're expecting to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Like, Kansas City came on recently with Mahomes last year, AFC Championship game. They've been good for a while, but they haven't gotten over that hump yet. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and New England are the three, like, juggernauts to get through in the playoffs. And yeah. they've, they've knocked off, too. Pittsburgh obviously didn't make it, but... Yeah, I don't know if they saw... I don't know Titans, you know, they've been such, like, you know, a hot commodity recently. I haven't been following them all, all year, but... I don't. They probably if they played Pittsburgh, I wouldn't put it past them that they won that football game. You know what I'm saying? Do you um, think if they matched up with them today, they'd wipe Pittsburgh's ass? That's obvious yeah. without without uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Do you think that 
if Tennessee goes on the road and beats Kansas City, even if they fall short of winning the Super Bowl, that it's one of the it'll go down as one of the best playoff runs. I think it's up there with like your wild card Giants teams. Uh, like, if you go your on big the road, dick Nick Philly team, yeah, but you go on the road and beat the Pats. That always seems impressive, but like this Pats team sucked. This they, this Pats team does suck, but you got to remember we've only lost like I don't know three four games at home in the Tom Brady era. Yeah, they were the worst twelve and four team I think I've seen in recent memory. No, absolutely. Um, and they could have easily been thirteen and three had yeah. they handled business at Miami. It's crazy, and, that, and that would have made them any better of a team than they already are. Fourteen or twelve and four, twelve and four. Or thirteen and three, they'd still be the same flawed team. So, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't have had to play a wild card weekend, and it would have. This AFC Championship game would have happened two weeks ago. Yeah, which I think Kansas City probably would have won that because Tennessee wouldn't have the steam of beating. No, I think I think you gave like Vrabel and company a lot of momentum when they beat the Patriots. Like mm-hmm. if it was just a regular coach beating the Patriots, all right, you beat the Patriots, but like former player type of deal. Yeah. Um, out-coached them too. Out-coached out- out- them. You can kind of use that as like motivation with your like your players. Be, be like, "Hey, listen, like this is what you want to strive to be in the future right now, however you look at it. Like you want to be a successful NFL player and then go on in your future and be a successful whatever you do. And if it's coach and you beat your former coach, like, that's just awesome to me. Yeah. That's why I wasn't too mad when the Patriots lost. Like, yeah, it stung that that night. I thought they were going to lose. I, I On the way to the game, I was like, do we really think they have a shot? And everyone was like, yeah. I was like, I, no. Yeah. I was like, I'll pretend like they do. Yeah, have, right. Try to have fun. But I was like, I don't think they're going to win this right. game. And they didn't. And it was ugly. But... All right, we're going to agree to disagree on this Tennessee-Kansas City game. Like I said, I wouldn't be shocked, especially if they covered, but I just think Kansas City, the way they're rolling right now. All right, here's a better question. Over-under is 53. I got toasted on the over-under <laughs> last last week in that Kansas, Kansas City, City game. Kansas City almost covered it by themselves. I was, I was, so I was driving work, block punt, 14-0 uh, Texans with like five minutes into the game. I'm like, all right, hot start. What can you do? I know Mahomes might go off, but... Texans are going to come back down to earth. Hop out of my car. By the time I hop inside, 24 nothing. I'm like, all right, if Texans don't really you know, do anything in the second half, that might still hit. And then Mahomes just exploded in the end of this, like beginning of the second quarter, end of the second quarter. And it literally, the under almost flopped in the first half. And it was so embarrassing. Like, I was laughing with a co-worker i was just like i'm fucking an idiot for that one like i can't believe i did that but um the, my reason behind taking the under on that game the first six playoff games all went under so i was okay. like i'm gonna ride the trend uh, but that's what betting is and you don't ride trends it's kind of no, like it's... if you're if you're playing roulette at the casino blacks hitting blacks hitting black if you keep riding it yeah you're gonna win money and then you're gonna throw you're gonna big and, and then burn, you're, you're gonna crash and burn baby you... so it's funny I I talk about trends and some of those stats and I bring them up but it's like they can be used as guidelines lightly but if you use that as gospel you're going to get burned a lot yeah absolutely because it's it's always seemingly like you're betting too late on the trend no one bets too early on the trend it's yeah. always too late yep because so, when, you, when you bet early it's not a trend exactly yeah so no one realizes it until it's too late for the most part I guess what I'm trying to say but um 53 is a lot of points, especially because I don't think... I think Tennessee's got a legit shot to win the game. I don't think they win the game, but 
it goes o- it goes out. over if Tennessee wins. It goes under if Kansas City wins. I would say the opposite. I think that way because I think – no, you know what? You're right. You're right. Sorry, I messed that up in my head because I think Tennessee is going to put up a lot of points if they win, and they're going to hold Kansas – or not a lot of points, like a 28 spot, and they'll hold Kansas City to like 21 or something like that. If Kansas City wins – Tennessee's going gonna be going jaw for jaw with them, and that's when it's gonna go over. My apologies on that. You're absolutely. I right. see Kansas. I I get what you're saying, but I see it almost going differently. Yeah. Whereas Kansas City, I think they win if they're able to keep the Titans' defense on the field and not let Derrick Henry run all over them. Oh, absolutely. This is the big thing. But if it's a shootout, the Titans can't keep up. No, if they really can't. If they make Tannehill throw the ball that many times, no, they, they can't. can't. In the cold too. So I think if. Tennessee is leading, the game goes under because yeah. they're going to run as much clock as they possibly yeah. can. If Kansas City's up, that game's going over because they don't have the personnel to run the clock. Yeah, and I think I think Kansas they City... They will, but not well. I think Kansas City proved it last week. They're smart enough not to let off the gas. Like, it would have been great, you know, when they're up 10 points um, against the Texans to pull Mahomes out and kind of rest him. You know, he's been throwing the ball around. Right. His arm's going to get tired. He might get hit hard on one of these plays. No, you can't take your foot off the gas. you got to just keep going. can't let up. Um, if they did, they would have easily let, you know, one mistake, like a block punt or something like that, brings um, Houston back in the game. So that, props to Andy Reid for not, you know, slowing down at all. It was, you know. And same to Mahomes. I mean, I, don't, I can never figure out if I like him or not. Yeah, I, mean, I hate either. the way he walks. Did you see his girlfriend's video? No. Nah. It was it was nothing like, you know bad. It was bad, but it was nothing like, you know, society wise bad. Yeah. She was just like, and this is why you can't beat us or something like oh, that. And I was just god. like, Oh my god, like just the worst. You're not the one playing in the game. No. There's a reason why you're in the stands. Like you're a stay at home mom. <laughs> Because he's so successful in the NFL. Let him do his thing right. and celebrate it after the fact. But right. don't, don't be make, cocky about it. Don't be shoving your foot down people's throats. Don't make him unlikable because you're unlikable. Exactly. We talked about that earlier yeah. in an earlier podcast with uh, Mahomes' brother and her. Oh, God, where man. they lied yeah. They lied right. about the situation. It's like, just be honest. Like Your, your fiancé or boyfriend, whatever he is at this point, is such a friggin' good NFL player. Like, don't ruin it for him. Don't ruin it for him. Yeah, it's it's awful. And to that point, too, I think Mahomes is that good. But, I mean, just him on the sideline, getting the team fired up and keeping them in it, yeah. focused, down, I think 21 nothing at the time, 14 nothing, whatever it was. It was, they were down early, quickly. And I think he was saying, like, everyone's counting us out. Like, do something special. Be special. Like, yeah. let's fucking go. And then he just tore them apart. Yeah, he really did. It was ridiculous. I think I think you know Kels. You see it with Kels. You see it with Kittle. Um, you got to have a dominant tight end nowadays. Uh, we had it with Gronk in the past, and we were dominant. Um, Kansas City. They got Kels. They throw to him three touchdowns. Kittle. You leave him open for two or three yards. He's going to toast you for another twenty after that. Who's a beast? And just throw dudes down on his way. Um, you have to have a dominant tight end in my eyes to be very, very successful. Now, granted, looking at the matchups, Tennessee does not have a successful tight end. Green Bay, don't you're not going to sit here and tell me Jimmy Graham no. is successful. The ghost of Jimmy Graham. Because no. he used to be so much better than he, he is he now. He was. Like, he and, I feel like, Antonio Gates, to start this newer trend of the way the tight end positions played, there have been great tight ends before yeah. them. 
But I think they were kind of the pioneers of what a tight end is now. Yeah, just like rough, you know, big build, you know. Gonna, like, but fast. Yeah, but but speedy type of guy, yeah. Like, they were never really big bruisers. Like, Jimmy Graham was, Jimmy Graham and Antonio Gates a little bit different. Gates was, like, thicker. Yeah. He, he was more built. Jimmy Graham was, like, the first, like, tight end receiver that kind of transcended the position, in my opinion, in my eyes. Yeah, you know, it kind of reminds me of that type of build, type of tight end was, uh, He's a little bit slower, not like, you know, going to burn you once he catches the ball, but Jeremy Shockey. Yeah. Like, just a rough, just going to bruise you, hit you hard, like, get up even quicker than the defender is going to get up. That yeah, I think great. Jeremy Shockey can be looked at as, like, the NFL's pinnacle, like, old NFL tight end. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, he's there to beat you up. Yeah, he's Jimmy stronger is, than you. Jimmy Graham is there to catch flashy touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. And he'd be, like, more like a tall receiver who plays in the middle of the field. Well, uh, with that being all this Jimmy Talking Graham. Talking Jimmy Graham. Well, yeah, we'll yeah, go to Green Bay, Sam Fran. Yeah, why not? Uh, I I think this one is the easier pick of the two games. And I, I'd agree. It's minus 7.5 San Francisco. I'll take Green Bay plus 7.5 all day. Ditto. Give me 7.5. That's way too much points for Rodgers. Over under is 46. I think I'd go under there. Yeah, I think Vegas kind of has, you know... Usually it's somewhere in the like mid forties up to the fifties. I think that the fact with two solid offenses and they've already played this year, and San Francisco just absolutely destroyed them. And I think it went over that forty six when they played the first time. I think uh, Vegas got to something to say with that. I'd probably touch the under too, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm going ditto on that uh, plus seven and a half. I think Rogers is starting to realize. Uh, similar to like you know how Brady's starting to view it is his career is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. As much as he wants to admit it or not, his career is coming to an end. I think this is probably one of his best opportunities to win one more Super Bowl before he has to get out of the league. Yeah, I mean, getting to this point is extremely difficult, especially in the NFC. As we've seen in recent years, uh, teams can get there and then fall off. Look at the Carolina Panthers. They had yep. a really good run, and then they just... I think won like three games the following year or something uh-huh. crazy. Like they continue to flip flop, and the NFC is always changing. The AFC has been pretty much constant for the last like six years in the playoff picture. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you that Rodgers may be looking at his last legitimate chance to win a Super Bowl. And I think that's extra fuel to the fire for him. It, it is for sure, but I think Green Bay and with Rodgers, I think he's learned he can be more of a game manager and not have to be a superhero to win games. Well, that's why it gets me mad. Who's the analyst that always is it Kellerman that always gives Brady a hard time for being a game manager? Game manager. Kellerman gives everyone a hard time. Yeah, jackass. Well, whoever the the commentator, you know, ana- analysis, whoever it is that gives Brady a hard time for being a game manager. So fucking what? It's one of three Super Bowls. I'm not gonna say six because he didn't win six as a game, or he didn't win his first three as a game manager. He won it as a quarterback. First Super Bowl he went down when John Madden thought they were gonna kneel the ball and then just walk yeah. down the field and won them the football the game. Field goal, yeah. That's not a game manager, that's a fucking baller. But game managing wins you football games. Why is Tennessee still where they are? Game managing. Why is Green Bay where they are? Game managing. Right, it comes Who, down to coaching and whoever makes the least amount of mistakes. Last week I think every catch Devontae Adams had was one over ten yards or like right around 10 yards and two for a first down. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's game managing to me. You know that when it's third and you know more than five, you're going to him because you need a first down. You're going to your go-to guy there. Right. I think game managing has been a very has a very negative connotation to it. Like, you look at AJ McCarron, people think he's awful because he was a game manager at Ben, or he literally just handed the ball off to whoever he had at running back. 
the guy didn't have to make plays. Aaron Rodgers is still more than capable of making plays, as is Brady. But the thing that separates them from other uh, quote-unquote game managers is just their overall intelligence. Like, Aaron Rodgers, you can tell, is just a smart guy, as is Brady. And a lot of these very successful quarterbacks, even without excessive arm talent, speed, like like a Tom Brady. Go back to him. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has incredible arm talent. But it, it's a lot of it's in the head and mental. Like, even Peyton Manning, when he couldn't move his neck when he won his last Super Bowl. He's just lofting balls, but it's still getting completed. But he knew where to put the ball and when, and knew what the defense was doing. Like, it comes down to, I'm smarter than you. I'm going to beat you with my brain and not with my arm. Yeah, that's similar to um, how I want, I, you know, mix a little in, how I wanted to talk about that part in my take episode with uh, Joe Burrow. He, that's what he said. He was like, when I got injured in the second half, like, I just knew that I know, like, I can decrease my, my play because I know where the defense is going to be. Like, when, I, I don't know football that that well where, like, you know, I don't know, like, formations and right, like, the safety. And up, and the much, X's yeah. and O's. I love to watch football, but, like, I, I don't see that visually as some people do. But he just sees it. He sees, like, when, a, you know, when the safety's drawn down a little bit, he knows, like, where exactly that safety's going to be in three seconds after he hikes the ball, which is just incredible to me. And just not to change the subject, really, but, like, it's on the same sort of wavelength. But if you look at Dak Prescott, his best year was his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know why? Because no one had film on him. Well, that's part of it, but... He had Tony Romo in his ear. Yeah. We've all now seen how much of a genius Tony Romo is when it comes to football. The guy is out there telling you what's going to happen on... He, he could tell you what's going to happen on every play before the game. Yeah. Or before the play actually happens. Well, I was going to say that. That's why I think, you know, why Brady's been so great is he got a little bit of time behind blood. So that's why I think Rogers is so great. He got a little bit of time behind Brett Favre, which is accurate, right? Yeah. Yeah, he got time behind, behind Brett Favre. Um Jimmy G, why is he so good? Got so much time behind Tom Brady. Yeah. You go down... Even Brissett. Like, even Brissett, time behind Brady. Yeah. Look at uh, Kansas City. You, Mahomes one year by Alex Smith. Alex Smith is, is a perfect a, example. Perfect game manager. Perfect X's and O guy. He's not going to kill you. He would kill you with his arm like here and there, but he's not going to consistently kill you with his arm. He's just smarter than you. Right. And I think that's uh, the recipe for these quarterbacks that are becoming up and coming like for example on the other end sam darnold had no structure coming into the league top pick no one to uh you know build behind uh teach him how to play the game and he just you know he's just not been that um josh allen maybe one of the exceptions in the league didn't have anyone you know to mentor him he's doing fairly well but i also think that josh allen isn't your typical quarterback as we just said Mahomes is a thrower Brady's a thrower Jimmy G's thrower uh Rogers is gonna throw the ball on you uh he's not like that you know what I'm saying he's gonna he's gonna run the ball uh even if you're open downfield just because he has that first down he's not gonna try to take a deep threat yeah uh he'd rather run and get the first down and move on to the next you know set it down so this might be an unpopular opinion but I also think too that the Bills ask less of Josh Allen than the Jets do of Sam Darnold mm-hmm and I think with Josh Allen, he can beat you with his legs. Darnold hasn't really been able to do that because no one fears his arm yet. Like, yeah. Josh Allen has an absolute cannon. He and Mahomes probably have the two best actual throwing arms in the league in terms of power. Yeah. And Rodgers maybe in there too. Yeah, but I mean, 
He, that's he, a that's a real threat, though. Yeah. Is that okay? If you play too close to the line of scrimmage and you have John Brown on the outside, you will get burned for a seventy-yard touchdown in the air. Which is scary because the Bills don't have much to work with, and they literally made it all the way to the five seed. So you get a very old Frank Gore. Now I'm not taking away anything from Frank Gore. Uh, very young Devin Singletary, John Brown, Cole Beasley. Uh, yeah, Cole Beasley, uh, Dawson Knox, who's a rookie. Yeah. They didn't have much to work with this no, year. No, they didn't have any big names. And they almost took down the Patriots to screw up the twice. whole. Yeah, twice to almost screw up the, um, you know, the seating. The seating, and they which probably Miami did anyway. Which you know, it I mean, it would have changed the complete trajectory of where we're at today. But I right. think it's just you know food for the thought. You like you pretty. Pretty weird to think about in my eyes. Yeah, I, I got you. And so I, I talked with the ice a bit about this too. And all right, my pick was Seattle to win the Super Bowl. But I did say the winner of that Green Bay-Seattle game will get there. I want to ask you before we move on to uh, Aaron Hernandez. Yep. What is your Super Bowl matchup? Super Bowl matchup? And who wins? All right. This is like I said it on the last podcast. I think Tennessee covers, Kansas City wins the game. As much as I want to see Tennessee, just because of how excellent they've been playing. It's how, a, ton of, a ton of expatriates, too. How, how much they deserve it. Uh, I'm going to be realistic here. I think Kansas City wins a close one. Um, and then I get Green Bay. And I think that's what the league's pushing for. I mean, you want to see... like Young a, versus old. Young versus old. Like, maybe even like a 21-21 halftime score and like who's gonna who's gonna come out of it you know on top because both teams can just you know throw a 50 yarder down the field and just you know run throw it to Devontae Adams he's wide open or throw it to Tyreek Hill uh Hardman uh Travis Kels breaks off like you know a tackle and off to the end zone like there's so many playmakers uh on each team that I think that's what the NFL is pushing um now, I've been wrong before, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's not Green Bay, Kansas City. But if it is Green Bay, Kansas City, oh, God, that's such a tough question. Who do you got while I think about it? I need it just like an extra second to think who would win that Super Bowl if it is that. I hate to flop on my pick from before. I do think Green, I think we have the same Super Bowl. I, I think Kansas City wins, and I got Green Bay winning that game as well. And I think... I think Kansas City's going to win. I originally had Seahawks over the Chiefs. Seahawks are out. I did say the winner of Green Bay-Seattle would get to the Super Bowl. But I just think that game is going to be high scoring. I think Kansas City is going to win every high scoring game. Yeah. is what it comes down to. You know what? I'm going to take the safe pick here. I'm going to say Green Bay wins the Super Bowl. Um, as I, like I As I said, I think Kansas City wins. Um, I got Tennessee to cover but still would not be shocked if Tennessee wins the football game. No. Um, so that would kind of screw it up if I were to say Kansas City is going to win the Super Bowl and they don't even get to the Super Bowl. So, you know, I'm going to take Tennessee to cover. I'll take Green Bay to cover. the uh, Tennessee plus seven. Green Bay plus seven and a half. And then give me Green Bay over Kansas City in the Super Bowl. I get what you're saying and uh, with, like, You'd hate to say the Kansas City thing, like, they might not get past that game, but we've seen it before, like, uh, 2018, Red Sox-Astros, ALCS, that was the World Series. Like, yeah. I had no question that the winner of that would beat the Dodgers in the 2018 World Series. So I, I don't know if you think that's kind of the same thing, winner of Tennessee-Kansas City goes on to win, but 
I'm surprised. Like, I... I can't figure any... The NFL has been so weird this year. I cannot figure any of these teams out. Kansas City, I think... I... That you're just, what you see is what you get. Like, a high-flying offense with a capable defense as of week, like, 12. Yeah. Tennessee, with Derrick Henry balling out, is scary. But as soon as he doesn't, I feel like Tannehill's going to throw for 303 yeah. touchdowns. Like, because he's been able to do it during the year. Or he'll run one in, like... I think, I think that... Tennessee has a better shot to beat Green Bay in the Super Bowl than Kansas City. I think Green Bay would be scared to see a run game like that. I, I would, Green Bay does have a really good run defense. But I don't think they've seen something like this. This is crazy. He's going, no one's seen something He's, go, he's like going this. for a buck 80 the last three, four games, which is just unbelievable. You start, yeah. If you add the numbers up, you're almost if it's four games, you're almost talking... 700, 800 yards in that amount of games. That's what ha- that's half the production he got all year mm-hmm. in four games, and there's 16 games. So it's just like you got to ride the hot train sometimes. And yeah, I think that uh, if Tennessee wins the game and they play uh, Green Bay, they'll probably win that Super Bowl. But for being realistic, I think Kansas City wins that game. And we've seen it in years past, like the Giants against the Pats in the 2007 Super Bowl, like. You get hot. You see it in the NHL all the time. You, yeah. Some team barely squeaks in. They the get King, hot. The Kings that year, they were the eight seed. Yeah, I mean. First ever eight seed to win the NHL title. They come in, get hot. Next thing you know, they're in the they're in the final. They're in the cup. They're they're in the Super Bowl. They're in the World Series. It, less so World Series, more so Super Bowl or uh, Stanley Cup. But it's crazy. So I guess my final, I'll go Kansas City. Over Green Bay with a final score of twenty four to sixteen. I'm gonna say they get sixteen some weird way. Give me uh Green Bay to win the whole thing. Thirty one twenty seven. I think uh either Mahomes comes comes down on a late drive and can't do it, or he's trying to score twice really quick at the end and Green Bay uh, wins that game uh, I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl I don't know if I mentioned it to you guys on the podcast yet but I got a $50 suicide or not suicide it's like a $50 split pick so it would have been $100 I split it with my boss and every minute of regulation that goes by that score so if it's 0-0 the entire first quarter that person you get 15 that, minutes of it? Yeah, that person gets, you know, $100 times every minute. So you get $1,500 for a $100 buy-in. Okay. So it's really cool. That is cool. I have not heard anything like that. Yeah, it, I mean, and also you get, um, I think it's $100 as well every time. Or no, it's $1,000 because the whole pot's $15,000. Okay. Yeah. Or no, it's $10,000. I'm sorry. I'm, so, I'm sorry. It's $10,000. So that you know, ten thousand um, dollars, sixty minutes. That's six thousand dollars. So you get a thousand dollars if you get score at the end of the quarter. Score at the end of yeah. the quarter. Okay. So like that. you could be sitting there and watching someone ra- rack up, you know, twelve hundred dollars because the score hasn't changed in twelve minutes, and then one field goal hits, and now you just won a thousand dollars. So right. I think it's really cool. It is. That's, yeah. That's, that is cool. I like more that. more complex rather than, and then like. Do you have your scores yet? No, he's going to post them after the AFC-NFC title okay. game. So after yeah. this weekend, I'll find out what I got. Um, I'll let you guys know next Thursday because we're going to have a little bit of break in between the su- two Super Bowls. I think oh, we're, yeah. 
What, we'll do something spicy next We can week. rip two podcasts in between the Super oh, yeah. Bowl from now. Oh, yeah. So that'll be fun. Oh, are we ready to, ready to talk Hernandez or what? Oh, I'm ready. Was there anything else we want to touch on before? Uh, no. I mean, only thing I got after Hernandez, just a quick touch up on that XFL. I think that'll be fun to talk about. But uh, Before we get into Hernandez, I just want to say uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is a fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, I just That's think good. he should probably be banned from LSU sporting events Nothing going forward. Just get him out of there. Um, like, it was over the top. Because you got to think, like, yeah, he's wasted, but... You could also remember, he's been there, done that. So, almost, you know, Ed Ogeron wasn't his coach, but Ed Ogeron should almost be hitting him up on the side, being like, hey, man, what the fuck are you doing? You're teaching my kids that are still on the team, some aren't going to be on the team next year, to act like that. And you've been there before. Um, like, as they always say, like, act like you've been there, and he's been there. So, I think you're acting like a fool, um, handing out money. LSU had to try to say that it was fake or... Yeah, there was fake money. I think that the report came out uh, on that part of my take uh, interview. Joe Burrow was a little fucked up. He had only got like 45 minutes of sleep. So I think he said a couple things he probably shouldn't have said. But he, he doesn't care. He's in the he, league he's, now. He's, he's in the league now. He can't get punished. He said Odell gave him money. Odell probably gave him a grand or two and was like, go get a Rolex watch. Like, congrats, you balled out for the squad. But, like, just be smarter than that. Like you're only doing it for media attention is how I see oh, it. Oh, big time. Yeah. I, that, that's the thing with him. Like he people I think overblow how much receivers like to be divas. But that guy's a true diva. Like right. he he's brutal. If you, if you want to be a spitting image of how you should act as a young NFL receiver, look at Michael Thomas. Humble as ever. I hate Michael Thomas. I love Michael I hate Thomas. Michael Humble Thomas. as ever. He's not going to come out, shove things down your throat. He's just going to do what he can since the day he stepped into the league, and its results have proven for itself. We'll, we'll definitely agree to disagree on Michael Thomas there. But yeah, all that's right. Fair enough. Where do you want to start with Hernandez? Um, that's interesting because, I mean, I, I told you earlier before we started this, after watching that, I think – I mean, I'll start with this. I think college football is an inside job. Um, watching – the phone calls with like Urban Meyer, um, or not the phone calls, you know, the conversations with Urban Meyer, uh, Pouncey, all these guys, it's just pretty ridiculous to hear them talk. Um, they're talking about going to the strip club. Um, we know of Rick Patino, how he got literally, he lost his job from getting guys to have i know prostitutes are a little more ridiculous in strip clubs but when you think about it it's the whole premise of everything it's still women selling themselves without clothes on um so i thought that was pretty weird all the conversations that he was having with former florida uh people and then you know i saw tebow a clip of him on the patriots and he's like it sucks i only wish him the best um and that was kind of weird because like Tebow's a really religious guy. I think that, like, he should have known better. I think that, like, Urban Meyer knew exactly what was going on the whole time. He was smoking weed, selling drugs, uh, hanging out with the wrong crowd, which is not what you're supposed to do um, when you're in college. You're supposed to be getting yourself ready for the NFL. Yeah, I think you're right about Urban Meyer for sure. I mean, he has proven that he doesn't necessarily care about what's going on around him as long as there are results. I mean, look at the whole Ohio State thing with Urban Meyer. Like, doesn't really care what's happening outside of that. He doesn't care enough to really 
look out for the extreme well-being of his players. I think, again, he's proven it himself. But, yeah, I mean, I thought it was really well done. I was kind of skeptical after the uh, first episode. I was just kind of... I didn't know there were three. I thought it was one. I thought it was two. I finished the second one, and I was like, no fucking way they end it like that. Oh, yeah. And then it went right into the third episode, and I was like, well, fuck, <laughs> I wasn't planning on watching another hour, but now I have to. Right, I wasn't planning on sitting here for three and a half hours watching this film, but I'm glad I did, and I would do it again, probably. But I I just I want to ask you, like, one, what's one word you would use to describe the whole thing? Electric. That's that's your one word. Yeah, it was fucking electric. It was so I it kept me on my toes the whole time. Um, like I felt like I was in it. Like I, I felt like I was in the court case. Like that was my favorite part about it. It's like I loved the OJ um, Netflix. That was five episodes where first one was like you know talking his background. Mm-hmm. Second one was NFL, and then the next three leading up to the end of it was just court cases. Like that gets me going. If I had to pick one word, I think it'd be conflicted. Yeah, I. It hurts me to say, but like, I feel bad for Aaron Hernandez. I do. I, I feel actually ba- I, feel bad. So for him. I feel bad for him, but I also think he's an asshole. Don't get me wrong. I feel way worse for Odin Lloyd and his family, and the two people that were murdered. I can't remember the names right now. Uh, the people from Cape Verde. Yeah, they had t- they had tough names. Yeah, who had literally zero to do with anything. Just purely shit luck, honestly. Like yeah. Because how many times have you walked by someone, spilt a drink on them, and just, you know, carried on you with You know, I'm so sorry. You might offer to buy them a drink or something. Like, just- yeah, if you if you dump a full beer, you right. know, on something, you're like, hey, man. Or you knock a beer out of someone's hand. Like, my fault. If you're a good person, you're going to go to the bar and buy them another one. I'd say at the very worst, you might get punched in the face. Exactly, yeah. By some drunk asshole who doesn't want to hear it and just punches you in the face. That, that should be the absolute worst thing that happens to you when that happens. Like... In that scenario. Well, I think they left a lot of details out. I mean, I can't prove that with facts because I never experienced the court case myself. But I feel like like when I was hearing how... Um, what was the guy that he was hanging around with that got shot in the face by, or shot by him? Uh, something Brown? Yeah. Anthony Brown, I think. Anthony Brown, yeah. Um, I love that guy. I thought that guy... He was I, real. He, he was a real yeah, dude. Yeah, and that's what I love, like... If, if I fuck with you that hard now, if I were to ever get into something so, that serious, like, or opposite end, if I were to get, like, if my friends were getting something serious, like, I'd, I'd want them to ride for me or I'd ride for them. You know what I'm saying? But and he absolutely rode for him for a little bit. Um, I mean, he did say that when he found out Hernandez was the one who shot him or remembered because yeah. he got fucking shot in the face point blank. He woke up and didn't tell the cops, didn't cooperate. Yeah. Because he wanted to kill Hernandez himself. Yeah. Is what he'd said. And he was like, okay, this guy is more than capable. So that's when Hernandez really sort of started to like Lose spiral. It. And like they, they highlighted that. But I, I agree with you to where I think they did leave out a lot of the court stuff and some evidence. But if they didn't, they wouldn't be good TV. Yeah. Like, who wants to watch? Six episodes of that, and four of them are just straight up the him in court. Like, yeah, it's not. It's yeah, not nearly wanna, as entertaining. You want to get to the punchline, you know, know what's going on, and stuff. Right. So all things considered, I think they did a really good job. I think they highlighted a lot of things about Hernandez that people didn't get to see outside of New England or like, people that knew him. Like, like I didn't know he one shot 
Brown in the in the face. No, well, I didn't know. No, I never. For what that. you you believe that he was the one who did it. And, oh, I absolutely. Do. Oh, I do too. But I was just saying that for I don't know who's listening. But they went down to Florida together. They went down to Florida together. Absolutely. And he, Brown said he said something to him. I can't remember exactly what he had said. It was about um. He was being paranoid, paranoid yeah, about right. the cops being in the yeah, bar. Yeah, well, he said the he, two guys with short haircuts in the bar were cops. And he said if you didn't make that idiot decision in Boston, then you wouldn't yeah. be feeling this way. And that's when he stor- he kind of stormed away. And I, I thought that was, like, kind of why I don't feel bad for Aaron Hernandez. Like, I felt like he all, like, yeah, like, CTE they brought into it. Like, his brain was screwed up when they uh, when they brought in the, the last episode. is Like, the brain comparison of a normal 27-year-old and, yeah. you know, they his said it was brain. Like the most advanced case they've seen of someone his age at, like, 27, I think he killed himself. Like Yeah, but it was just, like... I, I, the guy just like made so many bad decisions like to go back to the first episode when he killed Odin Lloyd like when he messes with the the cameras at his house he sends the wife the text about potentially throwing away the gun box which some pe- a lot of people believe I believe with you remember with the trash bag yeah, or whatever yeah. she had the gun box mm-hmm. or, it was probably in there yeah it was probably in there um, I feel like he hit up a lot like he hit a lot of things and then he hid the the drive-away car with Odin Lloyd. So, yeah, I feel bad for the guy. You never wish, one, for someone to go away for life or to kill himself with a wife or his fiance at the time um, and a daughter. That's that's the kicker. It's like If you have kids, you never want to bring kids involved in that situation. Like It sucks to see someone wave goodbye to their kid at a courthouse. And then kill himself that and night. And then you know, a couple months down the line, he kills himself. No, he killed himself that night. Oh, that night? Yeah. Oh, After wow. After he was crying, he was so excited, he was exonerated of the two murders in Boston. He killed himself that night. Which he, is kind of crazy, because, like, you think, like... He talked to his lawyer, who represented Casey Anthony, I cannot remember his name right now, I think it was Jose. Jose Baez. Yes. I knew it was close to Javier Baez. Yeah. That's why I was like, okay, yep. I'm going to say the wrong name. Jose Baez, uh, put in a lot of work in this case again, and got him exonerated. I think the jury wanted to... Uh, convict him of the two murders but he was already away for life yeah and they didn't have a hundred percent evidence so they're like okay there's at least a reasonable doubt that it could have been anthony brown who shot those two guys or the two other guys he hung around with so that part i i do think he is guilty of those other two murders i do too and i I, believe it or not i believe anthony brown i do too I mean, how real he was up on the, like, you know. They asked him that one question. He's like, did you threaten Hernandez? He was like, I don't think so. And then he was like, I, probably. I might have. I don't, yeah, I don't right. know. Like, I just felt like he was too honest to be, be lying. Like, why does he have to lie? Yeah, he's already been, he's already been through this, like they said, with, like, you know, assaults and batteries and domestics yeah. and drug charges and all this, that, and the other. Like, he was a high-profile uh, drug trafficker, like. He's been through this, so why would he lie? You could say, rebuttal, alright, he's been through this so many times, he knows the loopholes. Like, still, like, they set up the court system, so it's not supposed to be like that, so there's not loopholes in it, and that you can, you know, lie and still get right, away with it. Right, cheat your way it. through it, yeah. but I, I think, with him, too, I mean, you can think he's a piece of shit, as do I, but people like that don't really lie. Yeah. Like, he, he just kept it like truthful the whole time like he was as convincing as anyone i've yeah. seen be truthful up on the stand and i was like okay i i believe this guy and again i i think he is a piece of shit and all the things he's done in the past and i think he knows he is too but he had nothing to lose i was wondering though you know you notice his eyes were different 
I think that's from because Roddy got yeah, shot. It right, had they, to have been. They didn't ever highlight that. Yeah. But I, I saw his eyes at first. I was like, well, this guy's fucked up. Yeah, right. And then I was like, oh, well, if Fernandez shot him in the face, point blank, I guess I can understand why. Yeah. But uh, I, I feel bad for Hernandez for different reasons. I feel bad because I think the whole stem of all of this, even more so than CTE and football and his environment, was his mom. Yeah. His mom was a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think both parents were in their different fashions. Yeah, his dad was an abusive asshole, but he and his dad had football to bring them together. He and yeah. his mom, like, didn't have that. Yeah, and she, like, threw away the marriage when she went and... I can't remember. Like, it was... There's so much information at once, but she went, she ended up dating. Well, I'm going to rewatch it. Yeah, yeah. She, she is together now. They, he... So his cousin Tanya, if for those of you who watched it, uh, I'll have to re- pre-record something else, say spoiler alert for anyone who's going to listen to this and yeah. not seen it, if you... We're planning on watching it, but his cousin Tanya, the the woman who had cancer, uh, was basically like his mother because he felt like he and his mom weren't actually that close. Yep. Tanya died. No, I'm sorry. It was before that. Yeah, it was. Tanya went to prison. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, she went to prison for not talking about Hernandez. Yep, yep, yep. And at that time, her. No, I'm sorry. I have that all wrong. Aaron's dad died when he was a junior in high school or a senior. Yes, yes. And right after he died, it was like found out that she was sleeping with Tanya's husband or boyfriend. I don't know their title. I think it was boyfriend because if it, if it was her husband, that's like within the family, I think, which is kind of a little fucked up. So I, think, I, sh- I, think I mean, his mom boyfriend. is fucked up. Yeah. So I wouldn't be shocked. But yeah. We'll say boyfriend. So Tanya's boyfriend at the time is now living in Aaron's house, and they brought it up. Uh, I loved the dude, uh, the gay the gay, uh, the gay, gay guy's dad. Yeah, Can't yeah. Can't remember his name. Yeah. He was a corrections officer. He was in the Navy. That guy was awesome. Yeah, and he, he was. And he was like, how would you feel if you're 17, you're like a budding superstar, and you have some man that's not your father cooking bacon in his underwear in your house? Yeah, and it's like... He's like, you think he's going to be okay from that? And it's like a couple months after. It's not, you know five ten years after the fact after you do your mourning and your you know right your sorrows and all this that the other no, no it was this, right after this is fresh this is fresh he still hasn't got over like you said 17 years old like i've had friends that have had parents pass away and they haven't got over it at you know 24 25 years old so no and i don't five or ten years so right i don't think you that's something you ever get over no but i think you accept you accept it you have to otherwise like you're gonna end up like aaron hernandez you're gonna end up yeah just delusional because i obviously anytime any person loses a parent like it's gonna happen to everyone at some point it's awful but that's not an excuse to become a gangster or yeah. like do the stupid shit he was doing so I, I everyone at the funeral was kind of like yeah that was his tipping point like everyone knew nothing was going to be the same and that's awful and it's really unfortunate that that had to take place but at the same time like Hernandez reacted incorrectly and his mom was nowhere there to help him so like you say he felt alone the guy clearly already had head injuries in high school, even when he was younger, like, the guy's brain wasn't great, but everyone who was interviewed seemed genuine, I thought. Yeah. And they Real. all loved the guy. They yeah. thought he was, like... Well, it's hard It's hard not to, you know, you grow up with someone. It's hard to be like, right. I hate him now. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
if you were to go and make a very very stupid mistake i would still be like all right you're still my friend it doesn't matter because right. like we've had history we have a past I, sure. I'm, like i'm not gonna cut you off it's like someone said it in the documentary that exact thing like you don't give up on you him don't just give point. up on i mean his family did after the first um his family gave up on him after his dad died yeah they all just stopped they also gave up on him when uh he got convicted of the, the Odin Lloyd murder. They right, didn't they show didn't, up yeah. to, the, to the double murder. I mean, granted, because you ride with someone, it's such an emotional train the whole time. Um, I will say, though, my favorite part of it was, so the double murder happened in 2012, I think it was. And then... Yeah, then he played the season. And then he played the season that's after. Everyone loved him. And that's crazy. But they're trying to figure out the who like the lead is on the murder or whatever. And they have footage from the at the lounge that he was at the night of the murder. And they're like, oh, like a couple years later, like, oh, there's Aaron Hernandez. And then later, they're like, oh, fuck, he actually is, like, a part of a murder yeah. for the single murder of Odin Lloyd, like, a year and a half later. And they're like, we should relook into this and look back and see if Hernandez had any lead to it. And that, you know, yeah, helped that, their that, case that on, that the, summer on the was double. Nuts. Yeah, that was absolutely bizarre. Like, like, I remember it was, like, the OJ... Mm-hmm. Um, Chase in a, in, in a way where like he was like flying down the highway to get to Gillette to like grab his shit for what he had to do flying back right. to wherever and they he was going too, and, and they were showing alley. they had like the helicopters oh my god that shit was crazy like you're like this can't be real like <laughs> this guy literally is a murder suspect and he's going back into Gillette grabbing his shit coming out going back home like doing everything he can to help his situation before he goes away and as they pinpointed and highlighted repeatedly in the movie, or in the film, that it was such a sloppy crime. I mean, what a fucking the, idiot. The amount like, of time it took to pull the trigger, roughly, you know, within like a couple minutes, pull the trigger, hop back in the car, drive back to his North Attleboro house, it was like eight minutes went by, and he was back at his house with the three, with the two guys... Yeah. Um, that he rode with back in the day. Um, it was just nuts. Like, you got to be smarter than that. Like, you should probably not come back to your house, especially if you, you have cameras. Like, go back to someone else's house who doesn't have cameras. Right. Sleep there and then come back in the morning. I, I'm just not I'm not trying to defend the guy because he was a football player or anything. I don't want to defend him at all for the murder. I mean, the guy, fuck him for doing that. Yeah. Regardless of his mental capacity and inability to make decisions, really. All of that is sad that it, it came to that, but I don't think CTE is solely to blame there. No. But uh, it's just, with him though, like, in his defense, his whole defense was he was fearful of his life, mm-hmm. of those two guys. And they have the motherfucking cameras, like, putting his baby with them, yeah. like, laughing. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, he's fearful. Like, yeah, like, come on. You were trying to hide that. Like, up, what a but... joke. I think right then and there, like, oh, okay. Well, like, I mean, like you said, you, you feel bad for Hernandez, and I think that's why it was such a great, you know, piece, yeah. was you feel bad for Hernandez, but you also hate him, but you also fall in love with the other, the surrounding cast. Like, like, like I said, I love that brown guy who's probably done five to ten plus years yeah, who's in jail a, before yeah. that came out or whatever because he was 32 and he bunch of drug charges mm-hmm. you know all those um but like the characters were so well played um it was such an up and down ride for hernandez like like i said you wanted to root for him then he didn't um also the- sh- shout out to his girlfriend slash fiance slash if they ever made it to like- wife 
just staying like with them staying time. with them the whole time like you don't come around girls like that anymore where they you know no matter what happens like she'll be there for you yeah she wasn't all that clean no in terms of the crimes yeah she, she didn't she wasn't like a uh, a witness or anything to the homicide but like yeah she she definitely helped try to cover some things up so i don't want to praise her too much but uh, yeah loyalty can go a long way yeah for I'll, sure. I'll say that but i think the biggest thing with his mom that made me realize like how much of a piece of shit she really is outside of the whole relationship with her with aaron's cousin's spouse or partner whatever you want yeah to call. like i when she's on the phone with Aaron, and she's like, "Just give me a million dollars." Now I knew you were gonna say yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Is like, are you fucking kidding yeah, me?" Yeah, it's kind of like, like okay, yes. I, if I had a forty million dollar contract, I would gladly give my mother a million dollars. Probably two or three, five, but, probably. Yeah. But he is right. He, they didn't give him forty million dollars cash up front. Yeah, you don't have a million that. dollars to just give away. He probably only had five or ten at that point. And all the stupid shit he does, like, there's no way he would have kept that. smart with his money. Yeah. He even in his interview, he was like. Hopefully I have like hopefully I'm smart with my money. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People are normally like, oh, like thank you so much. Like I, I yeah. Like I'm so excited. I, I'm happy to be a patron. He's like, oh, hopefully I'm smart with this. Yeah. Clearly, he weren't. wasn't smart. Yeah. I'm all here to fucking kill people before he got the contract. Uh-huh. But he, yeah, he was like, Ma, are you fucking kidding me? So he's like, it doesn't work like that. I don't have a million dollars. And like, that's not something. It doesn't it's, matter if he's your son or not. You don't ask for a million dollars. Yeah, shows, just to have like. It shows how disconnected their whole relationship was because she thought that oh you have 40 million dollars like no don't work like that you get your per year salary plus your bonuses and then you keep the contract but there's taxes there's other shit you have to pay and like he has to live somewhere like the whole thing i was like okay yeah that's his mom i would i would imagine pretty much every person i know if not every single person i'm close to or friends with would be if they got 40 million dollars of a contract They'd be willing to give their mother a million dollars. Or not even a million dollars. I'd be like, okay, whatever you guys want. Like, enjoy retirement. Yeah. Like, it, it, I will help cover it. Like, yeah. And Take a couple extra flights. Right, but if my mom or dad came to me, like, I want a million dollars. I'd be like, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, like, it's right. my money. Like, at the end of the day, he earned that money. That's his. Yeah, right. What he wants to do with it is up to him. He might be a piece of shit if he doesn't share a dime with his family. If he was going to give money, it would have been to his father who was not there to right. celebrate the contract with them because he pushed him as hard as he did to get to the point where he did. So, And there's so much that goes into the story, and that's why I think it was a really interesting person to do it on. And like, I, it made me really sad watching well, like Junior Seau and stuff and the yeah, dude on the sure. Chiefs who had the murder-suicide at the like at, at the practice facility, like killed yeah. his girlfriend and then went and killed himself in front of them there. Like He clearly had brain injuries and issues, and... Again, it's not an excuse because uh, one of the players who was interviewed, I can't remember his name, he was a lineman in the, he was on like four different teams. He was like, I know thousands of players after the NFL who have CTE, who know they have it, who have not murdered people. Yeah. He was like, it cannot just be a scapegoat for murderers. No, absolutely. And I was like, not. you are more than correct. Like, it is definitely. Something that should there's, continue there's to be more studied. build up exactly yeah. per the whole documentary. It yes. was an entire build up to that point. Right there, there are without a doubt cases of CTE that have that are worse than others, but it that's not the only factor that goes into someone killing somebody. With that being said, I, one thing I want to talk about too with Hernandez was like 
there was no there were no reports in the national media, I guess, of him being gay until he had that prison pen pal. At least from what I saw. Yeah. About the actual case going on, not the documentary, not the films, not whatever articles written about, like the true court cases that were like live here in like the Boston area. Yeah. I I mean, I personally believe that guy and his dad. Yeah, but like, I, I absolutely think Aaron Hernandez was gay. Yeah, absolutely, or at least bisexual. Like he, and again, there's nothing wrong with it. But clearly, in the, in the NFL and in, with his upbringing, and like he was raised to be homophobic and hate himself, and like that was a big part of his downfall. I think was his conflicting feelings of himself. Like the guy said, he was like Aaron wasn't afraid of who he was. He like he loved who he was, but it's, it's almost like. In today's society, like, I'm not saying everyone's like this, but if you are grown up, you know, raised a certain way, like, let's say your parents are like, you know, you ever come home high to my house, like, just move yourself on the streets. Yeah. When they finally get a chance and they feel like they're old enough and they can go, like, get stoned, smoke a joint, they're gonna do it because of that, like, I couldn't for so long, they're gonna now do it. I finally can. And yeah. that's, like, almost the more addictive part about it, where if you tie that into, like, he was so homo his father was so homophobic towards him like it was almost like i can't do i can't be gay i can't be myself while um while i live under his house and then he passes away and now he's kind of like well i can you know be i I, he was never open about it but he's like more like i feel a little bit more comfortable about being gay now that he's not around as much and what was the quote i mean from the son uh, not DJ, that was his brother, but the, I feel bad just calling him the gay guy, but like, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. The quarterback of his high school team. Yeah. We'll, we'll go that route. He, he said what, that Aaron's dad said that, I mean, this is a quote, they said he'd slap the faggot like right out of him yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, again, different upbringing time, even just Absolutely. 15 years ago. Yeah, for sure. But, like, that's obviously awful for any kid, gay or not, like growing up, like, that's gonna mess you up. So, I feel bad for Aaron Hernandez in the sense that his parents fucked him up completely and ruined what could have been a very promising uh, career for an extremely talented player and a seemingly good person. Yeah. Until he wasn't. Yeah, exactly. And so, that's why my word was conflicted. Like, I I don't know what to feel. Like, I feel awful for him at the same time. I'm happy he's dead. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, I don't. That's harsh, but like, I, he's just gonna rot in prison. Otherwise, I, I don't know. Well, that's that's the feelings you get from a good, good. I know, and that's why episode. I was like, that was that's done. Why, really that's why well. we gotta talk about it and everything. I thought it was excellent. I finished uh, the last two episodes this morning. I watched till one thirty last night the first episode, and I was like, fuck. Dude, I didn't go to bed until wa- six a.m. Really? Yeah, I, I uh, couldn't sleep, and I ended up playing Monopoly on my Xbox until like. Uh, six o'clock in the morning. That's awesome. It was kind of wild. It was fun. Yeah, I mean, but, I'm not gonna say it's awesome. You need a good sleep, but yeah, no, that was that was. I, I mean, t- last points. Like, if you haven't seen it, go see it. And even if you're listening to this podcast, there's still so much that we left out, and there's so many pieces to tie together. Like, go watch it. Like, even if you don't like football, it's not about it's not about football. football. Really. It, it it's part of like. It's what made him to get to the point where he right. was to get all the money and the fame. But that's football's the, involved, but it's the story of a person who played football, not a football player. I and think. what he did with his career, right. yeah. 
it's not a Patriots 2018 Super Bowl hour and a half no, long they, video they, how they got there. They only showed like one playoff clip, and that was when he caught the, the touchdown, touchdown in the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl, which was really cool. Yeah, they show him like hitting his head and stuff and getting hurt, and they, they do – it is centered around football, but you don't have to know football to enjoy this. Yep. And the, the last person I want to talk about, because this was really good. The more I talk about it, the more I get into it. Mm. Odin Lloyd's mother. Yeah. That woman might be the strongest person on the planet. Yeah, good for her. She got the law uh, flipped over, right? Yeah, and not even that. Just the fact that she could forgive Hernandez and the other guys that killed her son. Yeah. For no reason. Literally no reason. You go, you go through so much trauma. There, there the, were rumors, the I think they case. said, that Aaron and Odin might have been you know, like gay together. It's just the whole thing was Mind blown. bizarre. Like, Mind blown. That would have been a better word than electric. Mind blowing. But. Yeah. I I would recommend it to anybody, uh, football fan or not, fan of the Patriots or not. I want to say, hey, I'll put a spoiler alert in here, but like everyone kind of knows the story. There's no yeah. like, real spoilers. It's not like it's it a Marvel movie. It's kind of dig like, into more information that you didn't know about it. Right. It's all facts that already happened that we watched like seven years ago yeah. unfold. My, uh, my I think, sorry, the, I think the craziest thing to me about the whole thing was that that guy was a hero in New England. Yes, he and was. played a full season as a fucking murderer. murderer. Yeah. That is Well, nuts. by law, yeah, not, I, no, he, he was wasn't, not tactically a murderer. Of course he wasn't a convicted murderer, but he... I think he... I think he killed those two people no, in Boston. and I agreed too. By law, at, at he the was ver- At the very least, he was in the car and told those guys to kill those people. Yeah. So, at least second degree or third degree murder. Mm. And... The, but, the guy was all sorts of troubled, but I I hope those people can do it on other athletes as well. Because I, I really love I love yeah, stuff ex- like that. Because I think it's more of a modern day thing. Like I think Junior Seau, like, yeah, the hits were harder, but like you don't really see it coming up too often about guys like And Junior Seau was like a good a, dude. Like yeah, he, ha- he didn't do anything wrong off the field. He just he shot himself in the chest because he wanted his brain to be studied, and of course they found CTE in it. Yeah, and he, he basically, I don't. He said I think he had really depressive thoughts and like yeah. he was he was angry and stuff, but I don't think he ever really said he wanted to kill anybody. But he was like in tremendous pain and was basically like, I don't want to live like this anymore. Please study my brain so this doesn't happen to anybody else. Yeah, it wasn't like a Stand I'm gonna back, go kill yeah. three people and then hang myself in prison yeah, type exactly. of Aaron Hernandez mind. It was a I'm a danger to myself and. I don't want to be a dangerous to society. So let's make it. So I'm going to kill myself and sacrifice my body to science. So good for him. And uh, not like this is a podcast anywhere near that realm. But if you have the opportunity, definitely donate your body to science. Yeah, right. I don't know. That made me think about like future. I mean, I I already did. I'm I'm an organ donor. I'm I'm not an organ donor, but I've always wanted to be. It scared me when I was 16, and they asked if I wanted to donate my organs. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm 16. (laughs) Are you gonna come harvest them in the middle of the night? Yeah, like what's going on, man? No, if you if you can afford to and you're healthy enough, definitely donate your body to science and become an organ donor if you can, because it can save other lives when you are no longer here. All right. Honestly, next week we might go deeper into the Nintendo stuff. Like, yeah, might, I'm probably might, gonna rewatch it. Yeah, might need more more uh, talk about it. Yeah, we we'll, don't we'll get we'll get other the podcast. We'll get other hosts on too because next week there's no games, so it'll be us just shooting the shit for an hour. Or so. Yeah. So with that being said, with there's no games going on next week, 
Um, one of the reasons I wanted to touch on the XFL coming up is they get some really cool rules, and once the NFL ends, we're already done with college football, um, it's just going to be puck, hoops, and college hoops, and the XFL. And, and spring training. And, yeah, spring training for how much you <laughs> care training, about that. Spring training is a joke. Yeah. But with that being said, RJ's a big puck guy. I'm a big hoops guy. We don't really see in between because we don't really, you know, I don't, I like hockey. I'm more of a playoff guy. I like watching it when the playoffs come around. Regular season doesn't interest me. I think RJ's kind of on the same wave where yeah. basketball doesn't really interest him in the regular season. He'll watch a good matchup, but we don't really see eye to eye there. I'll follow the scorebooks, like, exactly. like game logs and stuff, but I don't necessarily sit down and watch an NBA game. And that's not good input. Like from the tip-off. And I was thinking of doing it, but it was kind of stupid because it would have just been a me segment. I was going to have RJ like pick a team or like five teams and tell me to name like at least three players from each NHL team and I would <laughs> I could I think I could do we'll do that next week cuz yeah. I think I could I could ace the NBA. Yeah. NHL can get tough. Yeah, I wouldn't I it would, I'm not going to look at it. I yeah, I don't have any system. need I don't have any need to look at it in the future. Right. So, we'll we can do it next week, but it'll be wicked interesting cuz I know absolutely nothing. I'm open to learning more about it, maybe that'll get my interest more about the regular season cuz like I said it's going to be a really dry spell. Uh, huge college basketball guy, huge NBA guy, not so much um, NHL. Opposite for RJ, huge NHL guy, not so much uh, NBA, and anybody can get down on college basketball, especially yeah. when uh, March Madness is approaching. So that's the premise as to why I want to talk about the XFL. Um, they got a, really, a couple of really cool rules. Um, one of the first ones, um, when it comes down, there's no extra points. So you score a touchdown, you either got to go for one point, which is from the two-yard line, two points from the five-yard line, or three points from the ten-yard line, which, like I said, I want to introduce these rules because I think that's so cool for a betting podcast. Um, you go down, you know, touchdown six points. Let's say you're down eight points. You go down, you score at six. Now you're down two. Now you're sitting there as a coach. We can't go for one because it's pointless. It's like an extra point. Why would we do that? We go for two from the five, or we go for three for the win from the ten yard line. Um, just really cool. I think they're kind of experimenting, trying to get the NFL to swing some rules, or they're trying to you know find a different fan base. Yeah, I mean, I think the XFL has to differentiate themselves as much as possible from the NFL to. Have find any sort of success. I mean, we've seen Vince McMahon do this shit before, and it dies mm. out. And like, what was it? The AFL recently? Yeah, AFL. Yeah, that just died out quickly. Like, people were on board, and I know they had some viewers. And uh, I, I'm not saying they sold out NFL yeah. stadiums, but it was gaining some traction. And it just goes by the wayside. I don't think the XFL will stick around, but that's part of the reason I don't try to really get into these leagues too much because I get if I do something, I usually go all out. Like, yeah, I will learn every player on like my favorite team. I'll watch all the games. I'll watch highlights. I'll yeah. I'll look at all the reports and stuff for them. Like I don't want to do that for a team that's only gonna be around for a year, maybe two. Yeah, and I think it's cool with the XFL because it's a lot of guys that can't really make it back into the league, uh, depending on their past, uh, where they're at physically, and even older guys, like some guys that you think like could still make an NFL comeback as like a quarterback or something. They're like thirty eight. Probably not realistic anymore in the NFL. So they're going to the XFL. Or you get a guy like PFT. Yeah, exactly. PFT P- from Pardon My Take. Uh, tried out for the 
was it the defenders? Yeah, the defenders. I think it was, yeah, yeah. And he, uh, as a kicker, and it was banging home field goals, so good for him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always worth the said shot. Ocho Cinco, if you guys remember Chad Ocho Cinco, uh, trying out for the same position, so good luck to PFT. Um, <laughs> we'll, see, I, we'll see what happens. Another rule that I thought was really cool, um, they moved it, NFL, you kick from the 35-yard line, XF, um, you know, after a touchdown or a field goal or whatever, XFL, they're kicking from the 25-yard line. Um so the you kick- will see kick returns again. And the kicker with the whole thing, no pun intended, is you have to kick it in between the 20-yard line and the goal line. So if you kick it into the end zone for a touchback, they automatically bring it back and they consider it a quote-unquote major... Um, why the fuck am I, can't I think of the word? Uh, major touchback. They call it a major touchback. And the other team starts at the 35-yard line. So... They're really encouraging points in this league. Yeah, they want offense. Um, another, uh, take, take the over in every game. Take the over, yeah. I, I'm so excited to see like what the first few, you know, the first week has in store. Another cool one that stood out to me, uh, college rule, one foot down, uh, same premise. You can only you only need one foot down for a completed catch. Um, let me see if I can rip off a couple of the other ones. So I'm okay with the, like, the XFL. I, I'm okay with people trying to challenge the NFL. And yeah. try to keep the NFL on their toes because competition is good for any sort of business, any sort of consumer experience. You want competition. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know if they realistically expect to surpass the NFL. Yeah. No, they're not going to. It's all, they, it's they, all they, trial. They won't, but I think going into it as an investor, I think you're trying to pitch that yeah, you, you will. And I don't. who's buying that? Yeah. Some, I, I, don't, I don't think they have any chance, but yeah. we'll see. Some weirdos. But uh, another one, overtime. I don't know. Have you heard about the overtime? No, rule? I haven't looked at many XFL okay. rules you'll except like, for the. You'll like pass, this one. Double pass. This is like a hockey overtime. Five rounds. You get the ball from the five yard line. You score. You get a point. You miss. Next one. Okay. So, so that's like uh, that's like a shootout in the NHL. Yeah, it's like a overtime sh- in the NHL. Now they do three on three. Yeah. For five minutes, and then if no score, that's, they go. Yeah, to that's shootout. what I meant. Like a shootout right. in the NHL or whatever. So that's really cool. Um, like kind of you know pull out your bag of tricks for overtime. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, so that's that's really awesome. But yeah, right here they're saying it's like that NHL shootouts or the uh, MLS penalty kicks. Yeah. Um, oh, PKs are so fun to watch. Uh, double forward pass. That's I'm gonna I read think. it. I'm gonna read it definition because I didn't get to read it and paraphrase it myself. If a team completes a forward pass behind the line of scrimmage, that team may throw a second forward pass as long as the ball. At no time cross the line of scrimmage. Once so, if for those of you who have seen Patriots highlights in the past few years, you've seen the Brady to Edelman to Amendola, where it was a double pass, but if the pass is thrown backwards initially, like a lateral, you can throw it as far across the field as you want if it goes behind you. And the, if you're if you're behind the line of scrimmage, you can then throw it forward. If you line up and Brady is in the shotgun. And throws it forward a yard, but it's still behind the line of scrimmage. You have to go. You have to run. You yeah. cannot throw the ball again. So what I think is cool about it is like you could run like you know one of those like, like kind of wheel <laughs> wheel where they start on the sideline, they come in towards uh, the lineman, they catch the ball, and he kind of takes one step and then just kind of hums it towards the other side of the field. Yeah. And the dude's streaking. I mean, a lot of these rules are probably going to turn into more like arena football type of play. But it, like I said, it's a it it's something to keep us interested, to keep the podcast going. Um, 
because it's a betting podcast, uh, there'll be a lot of, like, you know, like we said, the overs will be smashing. The overs will probably be, like, 70 in these games, which will be super cool. You'll be seeing, like, 42, uh, 35 finals. So I'm really intrigued. Let me look up uh, real quick when the XFL starts. With the inaugural date? I think it's in February. Hmm. That would be smart for them. Yeah. Because, so with me, I, I almost push all my NFL energy directly into college basketball once the Super Bowl happens. Except I'll, I'll go, I'm always in NFL mode with uh, the draft around the corner, free agency, stuff like that. But I'll go right into watching college basketball instead of watching live yeah. college, I mean, not college, but NFL. So you got uh, eight teams. Yep. First games. Uh, Good rivalries. Yeah. You got uh, Saturday, February 8th. So we okay like a rough, so six days after yeah, the Super Bowl yeah yeah exactly that's pretty cool and then you know they get two games Saturday one uh one in the early afternoon one at five and then same thing Sunday one at two one at five where are the teams from uh you got Seattle DC LA Houston Tampa Bay New York St Louis and Dallas so if it does take off you got a lot of big cities that aren't in there you get you know Boston um, ooh the games on ESPN Fox all right so they got big networks showcasing yeah, these games too, exactly. So. Like I said, there's some, you know, I don't see a Miami, I don't see a Boston, um, you know, can't think of that. Uh, Las Vegas doesn't have one, so there's a lot of room to to grow for this league. Right, um, but I, those cities didn't want to invest in these teams. Rightfully just, yeah. so, just yeah, no, yet. I don't, I don't blame them. But who knows, maybe it turns into a 16-team league in a couple years from now, or maybe even 12 next year, so we'll see. But I thought those some of those rules were pretty cool. Like the one it's interesting. I, I am intrigued. I will watch. But yeah, I, I don't know. It'll how... be something on a hungover Sunday to watch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't that know isn't... how much I'll actually watch, yeah. but you'll I'll be, have it on. You'll be sitting there with a couple beers, kill the hangover, bag yeah. of chips, watching these, you know, D one former D one athletes that never got a shot, and the Cardell Joneses of the world going out there. That's where I think it's cool too. That sometimes you look at these guys, it's another place for them to showcase themselves because there's no real developmental league for the NFL. Like, there is... The NHL has a hundred of them. NLB's got A through AAA. NBA now is the G League. Like, the NFL has practice squads. So, this is another way to kind of grow the talent pool. And I expect some of these guys will get NFL contracts for one year. I mean league minimum afterwards but yeah even it, like similar to people playing Canada right I mean it could be something different for them I, I think they're I don't know if, if they're expecting the XFL to be better than the CFL which is the Canadian Football League but we'll have to see let me uh before we get out of here rip a couple players that are uh on the XFL rosters already XFL rosters yeah you got uh is Trent Richardson on there yes yeah okay. yeah yeah yep. Trent Richardson. Uh, Former number three overall pick, I believe, uh, for Cleveland Browns. Or number two. Yeah, top five for sure. Uh, Landry Jones, former quarterback. Yep. Co- Connor Cook, for- former quarterback. Honestly, Landry Jones is probably should have been on that team this year instead of... Yeah, probably should have. <laughs> instead of Duck or uh, Rudolph. And then uh, Sammy Coates, former... Uh, Sammy Coates can fly. Yeah. Form- Auburn Tiger. Auburn Tiger, Steeler. former Pittsburgh Steeler. Matt McGloin. Yeah. Like an old-timer right there. That's exactly what I Penn said. State. 38-year-old guy that can't play in the NFL but wants to give it one I more I think he's go. only like 30 years old. Uh, looks like Bob Stoops is the coach for one team. Okay. Uh, Robert, how do you... The kicker from Florida State. Oh, Aguayo. Aguayo, yeah. He ended up shitting the bed. Yeah, Card- Roberto Aguayo. Cardell Jones. I remember that was a name that stuck out to me. Uh, Zach Mettenberger. Yeah, Matt Elam. Matt Elam. He was a tank as a safety. Coney Ely. Uh, 
you kind of fall on Jonas Gray, the one who gave the pass. So the, some uh, of these guys, it just seems like they had NFL talent but had terrible work ethic. Ooh, I like this one right here. Ronald Ollie. Do you know where he's from? Oh, yeah. East uh, Mississippi. E- EMCC. Yeah. Last Chance a, U. Yeah, Last Chance U. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. I watched that a couple years ago. Did you watch uh, Hard Knocks this year? No, I haven't watched that show. They brought him in and they cut him the first day because he's just fucking lazy piece of shit out there. Is he lazy? Oh, dude, like just like at EMCC, they made him roll up and down the field because he didn't do anything. Yeah, like yeah, you have all the talent, but you're just you don't want it. Yeah, so um, some legit names on there, nothing to take to the bank, but uh, who knows? Like we said, maybe some of these guys end up uh, making the league, and then uh, you know the Des Bryant's of the world hop back in because they need some playing time to get back into yeah, the league. Yeah, in NFL shape, and then yeah, and then the. XFL kind of shapes up to how the these owners and the people that bought into this league thought it would be. So yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't hate if they eventually settled in like the XFL or one of these leagues that comes up becomes like the B league to the NFL, where these they have a similar season and they can instead of having a practice squad, you have like your XFL affiliate. Yeah, and that's a full fifty-three man roster. 75 players, whatever, including practice squad. You can have two practice squads for each team, whatever. And then you can call people up and, like, up make and actual down, roster yeah. moves, like, in every other It's sport. almost like sing- single-A, double-A, triple-A, except the triple-A would be the NFL. And right. single-A would or be like the NHL, XFL. you send, like, the Bruins would send someone down the province, bring him back up if someone gets hurt. Yeah. Same thing. It's like, okay, you're, you're getting called up. Like, same idea, but I don't think it'll happen just based on money. The NFL brings in a ton, but... It's such a violent game that people are going to get gun-shy about it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, Money Moguls E5 is over next week. Like I said, we'll probably dive back into Aaron Hernandez and... Uh, try to think a couple other things. Get our uh, Sherlock Holmes hats on and a microscope, and we'll try to try to dig deep in there and see if we find any flaws in the film. And if we ourselves can pretend to be lawyers, might do that. We'll talk XFL next week a bit. Uh, we'll talk about what we'll do our recap again from this weekend's games, and uh, we'll talk. We'll obviously talk about the Super Bowl, but I mean, you can only spend so much time talking about one game. Exactly. So, and I'll tell you um, next next podcast what uh, what picks I got for that. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to hear that. Yeah, that uh, pool I'm in. Thanks for listening, as always, and we will see you next Thursday.